Good morning. So <clears throat> here we are finding ourselves in this uh, vast, spacious room with an eternal wall in front of us. This is uh, this is us sitting a retreat together, retreating from. What? Traffic. Except when we're in Kinyan. Uh, any commitments that we have outside of our own practice. Limited sensory input. Hopefully in an expanse of silence we can carefully attend to what's happening in our hearts, our bodies, and our minds with a gentle awareness, a gentle curiosity, and a certain level of matter-of-factness. This is what's happening right now. In our daily life, outside of retreat, the outer environment, the external environment, is often chaotic. It certainly can be very conducive to um, triggering triggers of greed, hate, and delusion. Bombarded with images, with demands, uh, tasks, to-do lists. These conditions are ripe for reactivity, anxiety, aggression, and causing harm, or having harm caused. So our effort when we come together like this for a day-long retreat is to find our place on our cushion, to reconnect with our breath and our bodies, and our hearts, to set an intention to wake up, and maybe even deeper than that, a way, an intention not to harm. How do we know if we're harming? How do we practice non-harming? This is where the threefold training of sila, samadhi, and prajna forms the core of any Buddhist practice. We begin to practice this harmlessness by being kind, by finding compassion, by mindfully attending to our actions, and how they land on us, how we feel, how they make us feel. <clears throat> In Soto Zen, there is a, a description called, uh, the, the phrase is, men mitsu no kafu, 
many of you have heard uh, various teachers speak of this phrase, which means careful attention to detail is the family way. Now, it's the kind of careful attention to detail that's not obsessive <laughs> or um, controlling, but just attending, simple awareness, attending to the in-breath, fully attending to the out-breath, attending to your bowls when you eat, attending to your chopsticks so they don't make noise against your bowls. Having this attending and having developing an intention to carefully attend to the details of our life, whatever's right before us, whatever's right in our hands, moment after moment after moment, with a kindly spirit, a kindly engagement. Sila, Samadhi, and Prajna are seen throughout the Eightfold Path, the fourth of the Four Noble Truths. Sila, right speech, right action, right livelihood, right intention. We can think of Sila as the practicing of intending, Becoming clear is the practice of samadhi, right concentration, right mindfulness. And prajna, wisdom, right view, and right resolve. All three of these together are mutually supportive. When we don't attend to our ability to be harmful, not just to others, but to ourselves, we inadvertently harm. We step on each other's toes, we say things without thinking. So with Sila, we can consider constraining or restraining our harmful impulses and cultivating those impulses that are kindly, that are caring, um, that foster connection. When we hold things in this way, with this careful attention, it shapes our heart-mind towards skillful actions, skillful behaviors, skillful ways of seeing ways of being. Much of our work of practice is spent in our intention. Managing, uh, managing our outflows, seeing the impact of our words and our deeds and our thoughts even. And when we carve out space and time in our daily lives to come together for a retreat, 
we give ourselves and each other the gift of silently sitting, being open and accepting of whatever arises in the moment. When we do this, holding those things that lead us, uh, that lead to discomfort, we hold them gently with our awareness. We feel into ways of being that are more skillful, more wholesome, more conducive to waking up, to finding our true selves. When we do this, we feel into what's skillful and unskillful. It's less of a prescription. It's a practice. It's a pathway. We have to walk it many times, walking the path, noticing what arises, tending, attending, intending. And then we get a sense, a felt sense of what it is when we are skillful, when we practice beneficence, when we practice with kindliness. We have a feeling, there's a felt sense. And then we also see when we're distracted, when we're unskillful, when we're not attending, when we lose touch with our intention, then we see ourselves and how it feels to be unskillful, being able to mindfully attend to this without judgment, without blame. We can maneuver little course corrections in our uh, behaviors. So leading to less harm, less suffering, more sense of ease, more well-being. And the deeper level of sila is that sila, the practice of sila, practicing with precepts, with right action, we find how it humanizes us, how it leads us to deeply connect to our own intention as well as the well-being and intention of others. It elevates the understanding that we all have but sometimes forget that everyone in this room, everyone in this town, in this country, everyone in this world without fail is fundamentally just like me. Sila is a living practice, as is samadhi. Concentration, mindfulness. My teacher likes to call it continuous contact with the moment, the present moment, continuous contact, feeling into this is what's happening now, 
opening up our senses, our awareness, welcoming the present moment, no matter what it brings. Ah, this is what's happening now. Samadhi is the cultivation of the ability to focus and concentrate on and discern what's happening in the moment. We do this by practicing on the cushion as well as just walking around the temple. One of the Sushin admonitions is to walk in shashu and bow to one another while passing, carefully attending in our concentrated state to the way that our body moves when we walk down the hallway, the way our feet touch the floor, the way our shashu hold, the way we hold our shashu connects us to our diaphragm and to our breathing. Samadhi inevitably means cutting some things out for greater concentration. And what it means in Zen is not thinking. We're not thinking. We're not thinking, how do I do this? Or am I doing this the right way? Am I doing... Maybe we are. <laughs> A little bit, but we let it go. We let it go and we feel into, this is what it feels like to be chanting. This is what it feels like to bow, to place my palms together in gasho. When we have this concentration and mindfulness and other aspects of our lives, the moving parts are still, we stabilize, we take up a posture of awakeness in our practice and we notice what there is to be known. Samadhi is a living practice. And prajna, right view, right resolve. Prajna is seeing reality as it is with nothing extra, nothing added, nothing cut out the wholeness, developing an insight into the nature of our being. When we practice seeing and feeling clearly, we begin to uproot the sources of greed, hate, and delusion. But this stabilization of our seeing and our feeling, it takes time. Oftentimes there are things that we don't want to see, or maybe we just don't know they're there to be seen. So we observe repeatedly. We learn our own habits, and we stabilize our ability to look. Insight only arises by developing this ability to see. When we stabilize this ability to see and feel, we feel more fully. We refine our feeling so we become even more connected, more continuously connected 
to what it is to be human, to be alive. We go a little bit deeper in prajna than just uh, a passing awareness. So for example, I might know in an abstract way that I have um, maybe an issue with being impatient or being anxious or being greedy. Just, just simply knowing, oh yeah, I have that tendency. That's great, but it's not enough. I need to actually see it in action. I need to feel it, feel my own impatience, feel what it does to my body, heart, and mind when I'm gripped with anger, when I'm gripped with frustration or terror or anxiety, to feel it and to be able to have a little space from it so that I'm not just pounded by the waves but I have some spaciousness, I can step back and say, oh look, there's that thing. There's that thing that I'm gonna call impatience. This is what impatience feels like. So we need to see it and feel the activation many times over and over and experiment. How do we stay connected with what's arising even when what's arising is unpleasant and we're easily overwhelmed by it. This is part of the practice of wisdom, grounded in sila and samadhi. We access this through our concentration, through our mindfulness of samadhi. In the Adipatyaya Sutta, the Buddha says, Having made the Dhamma his governing principle, she abandons what is unskillful, develops what is skillful, abandons what is blameworthy, develops what is unblameworthy, and looks after herself in a pure way. This is called the Dhamma as a governing principle. Walking this path together is a path of uncovering, of discovering, and unbinding from our skillful, or sorry, our unskillful or unhelpful patterns of behavior or thoughts. When we sit in silence and watch and attend to the mind and the body, we see over and over again ourselves being drawn into some uh, fantasy realm could be pleasant or unpleasant, but we're drawn in and we see ourselves get drawn in. And without commentary, we just let it go. We let it go and come back to the path. It's not just about being soothed or calmed or relaxed. All those things are wonderful and we would like to cultivate those throughout our retreats, throughout our daily life. But this path of sila, samadhi, and prajna invites experiencing directly and investigating. It's active, it's not passive. 
we investigate our experience and our cherished beliefs or thinking. And we say, not always so. We find that space, that gap. We connect to our heart, we connect to our diaphragm. When we're walking, we connect to the ground. And through this, we develop stability, we develop balance, and we develop the ability to harmonize. The careful attention to detail runs through everything we do on retreat. How you step into the zendo. What goes through your mind as you're fluffing your cushion at the end of a sit? When you pass the chant cards and you receive them. When you look through the book and you don't know where to go in the book and you start to feel something. What is it? Can you cultivate the space, a wide space, to welcome whatever it is that you feel and to hold it lightly and maybe even to play? The only thing we can do is start where we are. Which is why so many of the texts that talk about practitioners say it does not matter if you're dim-witted or smart or savvy, it doesn't matter. Actually, beginner's mind is the best mind. It doesn't help to be too smart we find ourselves really able to uh, hoodwink our own, our own uh, selves when we get crafty with our minds. Far better to be like a fool, like an idiot, as the, self, uh, the song of the jewel Nero Samadhi says. The reason for this is that when we get smart, or too smart, it leads to further thinking. This practice is not a thinking practice, it's a feeling practice. We're not thinking. So when we find ourselves thinking, can we let it go? What does it feel like to catch ourselves in the act of thinking and to release it? Where do you feel it in your body? One place you might try looking is in your breath, to feel your breath, inhaling and exhaling, noticing whether there's any blockage, any hindrance, any obscuration. And when you find it, before trying to control it or manage it, Feel what it feels like to have a breath that is not, uh, that feels hindered. Let it register. Stay connected to your experience.
as we chant together, as we walk, as we sit, and later today as we work together, as we do body uh, aware movement with Qigong, really try to stay connected. All of these practices that we do here are intended to work with the very ground that we start, the very ground that we tend to build ourself from. But when we practice kindly attending to the details of our experience, these self factors begin to loosen. We begin to undermine and, and uproot that which uh, obstructs compassion from naturally flowing. Things that obstruct our clear seeing, which is always available to us, but so often covered over by this need uh, to assert a self. These practices encourage us. They develop and strengthen that which supports our abilities to clearly see. Seeing is like being able to note, oh, this feeling that I have right now, it feels like discomfort. It feels unpleasant. What is the root of it? Without thinking about it, but feeling our way into the feeling, the sensations of what's happening in the present, we might come up with a word. And again, it's just a label, but the word that comes up might be, oh, this is what it feels like to feel lack, or this is what it feels like to have anger or frustration. And we see more clearly what are the precursors to these feelings, to these hindrances, to being awake, to having our fullness, the fullness that we feel sometimes when everything is just as it is and perfect in the way that it is just as it is, even including things that we might call mistakes. by attending to these thoughts that we have, these emotions and sensations, whether they're sensations in the body of pulsations or vibrations or um, lightness or heaviness, it might be a texture, a temperature. And we might look step back and say, ah, what are the parts of this thing that I'm calling, say, anxiety? What are the parts of it that I am aware of? Why would I use that term? Oh, because I'm contracted. Because I'm having trouble with breathing. Just by noticing again and again, this is what's happening. We develop within a retreat like this, like a fool, like an idiot, we just follow the schedule, we show up because that's what, what's happening. 
and we attend and we attend and we attend and we intend and we let things fall away, anything that's not relevant, which is really most things, <laughs> we let them fall away. We come back to the most boring thing of all, our breath. <laughs> And it circles back, all the way back to the practice of sila, non-harming, the practice of kindness. Fundamentally, it's where we have to begin. And it's where we end up as well. Being able to take care, to attend to the details of whatever's in, in front of us. coming back to the moment, feeling into it, finding our compassion, our composure, and being kind to ourselves and to others because there is no separation. So thank you very much for embarking on this retreat with everyone. May you continuously come back to your breath and to your body moment after moment with kindness, with compassion. And continue to discover what's most important. Thank you very much.